Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah.
in times of trouble, in times of need. Oh, hold on to his hand. Oh, yes, hold, hold on, real strong, real strong. He'll be the light of the world when darkness is all you see. What a mighty blessing. Are you going to hold on? Because the light of the world is Jesus. We've had a very powerful first session. And this afternoon, God has blessed us once again to have with us the man who brought the house down with one of the most powerful teachings that will establish your church and drive out all the church destroyers. We're so blessed with the ministry of Bishop Eddie Adi. And this afternoon, God has blessed us to have him here once again. I'm happy to introduce to you a friend of our father. I'm happy to introduce to you one of our fathers in Lighthouse Chapel International. A man whose ministry spans decades. And this afternoon, out of Shepherding Conference, it's privileged to have him once again with us. Coming all the way from 
the Lighthouse Chapel International Airport is our very own Bishop Eddie. Eddie, clap your hands for Jesus and let's receive it. Hallelujah. Hello. Okay, okay. Hallelujah. Wow. It's an honor to be standing here one more time. And it is my prayer that the few minutes we have to be together, God will write his words not on tables of stone, but on your hearts. Let us pray. Father, we are grateful to you for a wonderful opportunity to be part of this great conference. What a blessing. What an honor. What a privilege it is to be here, to be part of what you are doing. History making. Something that will be a watershed in the lives of many ministers here. And they will say, one day I went for a conference and they will refer to these days and they will say how it has marked their ministries and how it has colored their ministries beautifully. We give you thanks. I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know the hope of your calling and what is the riches of the glory of the inheritance you have in the saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of your power that is at work in us? Open our eyes that all these wonderful things will be revealed to us. And have your way. Spirit of the living God, walk amongst us and guide us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn with me to Acts chapter number 20. I want to begin from that scripture. Like um, Philip met that eunuch who had come to Jerusalem on behalf of her queen Candace and was returning. And the Bible says God sent Philip to go and join the man's chariot. And the man was reading something from the prophet Isaiah. And Philip asked him whether he understood what he read. And the man said, how can I accept some man show me? And the Bible says, and Philip, beginning at that scripture, it was a wonderful sentence, beginning at that scripture, not you know, sometimes you are so fixated on a particular outline of a message. So when the message is coming, you are expecting a particular introductory verse and then some, you know, uh, following verses, then you can see, aha, okay, I, this is what he's talking about. But the Bible says, Philip, beginning at that scripture, he began to explain and expound to him the things concerning Christ. By the time he could finish his sermon, the man saw a body of water. He said, ah, the way you are preaching, I don't think you have to finish. I want to be baptized now. May God give you such a fast anointing that when you are preaching to others, 
by the time you are through with your message, they are, they've hit the altar and they are confessing their sins and giving themselves to the Lord. Paul was preaching in the home of Cornelius. Before he could finish the preaching, the Holy Ghost disturbed his homiletics and just entered before he could make an altar call and the people began to speak in tongues without laying on of hands, without saying take it, without saying we have finished preaching, now lift up your hand, without raising a song. May God give us such a wonderful anointing in our midst. So in Acts chapter 20, we enter into a kind of conference Apostle Paul had with um, the elders in Ephesus. And the Bible says he explained to them how he had kept back nothing um, and what that was profitable unto them, but have showed them publicly and from house to house. I believe nothing is being kept from us in this conference. And if you are in this conference, all the things um, that have come ahead of me and everything that has been shared here, they are for your profiting. So you will profit in the ministry. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks. Repentance toward God, faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. He was saying the things that he had, you know, done. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Save the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify of the grace of God. Verse 25. And now, behold, I know that all ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore, I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, I know this, and I'm telling you, I know this. Yes. That I, I am not departing. I'm still around. I'm not going to be in prison also. I'm around. I'm a free man by the grace of God in my own land. But I, I know this, what Apostle Paul is saying, that grievous wolves eh, shall enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Very crucial. Not sparing the flock. And so he says, also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day. So, the same caution is being given to us in this conference. Some of you have not begun your ministries yet. 
and some of you have been in the ministry for many years and may even testify like Apostle Paul is testifying how grievous wolves have sorely grieved you, grievously. <laughs> yes. And look, when I looked in my Bible, you will see grievous wolves when he explains what they are and what they do. Grievous wolves. Please, I am going to give you a little, um, not Greek, but at least something that will show that we have come to a very powerful bread of life cathedral. There's the bread of life is here. It's the word of God. It is the powerful word of God with a man of God. He's a man of God. He's a man, but he's of God. The bishop, Edwin, Morgan, Kweju, Ogo. An astute man of God. And a valiant man of God. Are you there still? He says, after my departing shall grievous wolves. Look at what he says about grievous, grievous. Let me show you something here. I'm going to share with you something important, but just listen to this one. Grievous, grievous, grievous wolves. He says the wolves are rapacious and destructive men. Yeah. They will not spare the flock. They don't care whether they go to hell. And they are mainly interested in their fame, their name, and what they are trying to build for themselves. The Bible says they will not spare the flock. And so when we speak about loyalty and disloyalty, we are trying to alert you to something that can help you to prevent and push back these grievous wolves whose agenda is never to spare the flock. Which the Bible says Jesus has purchased with his own blood. And then by the way, which you also have gathered with your blood and sweat. I don't know about you, but honestly, I pastor a church, and um, church growth is not easy. I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Maybe your church is booming, and it's very easy to boom. So, when you go to church and you clap your hands, 1,000 gather. It's like when it rains and nobody comes to church, not 978. Some of us, when it rains, when, maybe it doesn't have to rain. When the clouds start gathering, we start turning our eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh our help? Our help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. And he that keepeth Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Father, may it not rain now. Let my sheep come to church. Deliver me from this downpour. Father! Hey! We pray against rain. 
when farmers are praying for rain, we pray against rain. But, but maybe for you, it makes no difference. Maybe you have not suffered something that has devastated and planted what you are doing. And your life's work, you watch your life's work just whittle down before your face. Maybe you haven't seen one before. But if you have a ministry that's going to make impact, remember these words that we are sharing. And get the books that Bishop Doug Heward Mills has written concerning the different types and faces that disloyalty rests its head. It's not just in one way. And I'm glad because he is a man of God who has been in the ministry for several years and not many men of God are blessed with the writing skills and the analytical skills, the perspicacity. I, I didn't want to use the word, but I don't know. It, it, I was, it was coming, you know. I had to use it. I mean, Morganogos Church, a few words should just float around just for encouragement. Yeah. But let me tell you, not many men of God are blessed with the perspicacity. Okay. <laughs> Somebody who gives such attention to detail and can analyze what he's doing and document, write out what he's doing eh, or has experienced in ministry with biblical basis and scriptural examples to back it. So that it's not just somebody writing experiences that he has had out of bitterness and is writing them down. But it's somebody who has gone in there and has overcome and has come back, put out his armor, and is writing what he saw in the battlefield. He is worth listening to. He is worth reading. Bishop Doug will say, and I'm glad he's coming here tomorrow by the grace of God. Yes. In person. Bishop Doug will say, I started my church in a classroom just like you. And out of the classroom, God has sent him to several nations of the world with more than 3,000 branches. He's worth listening to. He's worth reading. He's, it is worth studying what he has put down. Because some people are suffering. They don't know why they are suffering and what they are suffering from and how to come out of the suffering. Bishop Doug has Bishop Daghas. I remember when we began, I'm privileged to be, have been part of the ministry when it began at a point and, and suffered what we will call the first Orangu, who was the direct assistant to Bishop. And how the tension in the church was palpable, tangible, feelable. 
And the church, a little church that could not even fit, wouldn't fill the stage. And at that early stage, to have suffered, people criticizing the pastor when he walks around to preach. Today, I've walked here, I've come, I've been on the stage, I've come down, I've crossed there, I have a bottle of water waiting for me. Once I feel thirsty, I will walk up there and I will drink water in the middle of my preaching and you can't say anything about it. Because my father, he was criticized for drinking water during preaching. Yes. And the people criticize. Too many stories. Too many. When you preach, it's like the story is longer than the verses that you're explaining. Hey. Some too said the scriptures are a lot. Some said you walk too much. It's like, can you not stand at one place? Because I'm coming here, I'm going there, and you know, because my father has received all these bullets, have hit him, and he has brought them out of his body, and he's walking normal. That's how come I can come after him. Walk up and down, preach freely, drink water, say stories, and you are receiving it. And I remember in those days, Bishop Saki came to me and said, look, Charlie, let's go to the ladies' uh, hostel at the nurses' training college where we had most of our members were nurses and lab tech, lab tech students and a few medical students. And talk to them and encourage them to believe in our pastor. So we went from room to room discussing how he's a man of God and how he's so important for our lives. To stabilize them and make them stay. Some didn't stay. We're left with a few people after that. But few people who believed in the ministry. Few people who believed in the pastor. Few people who loved what we're doing. Few people who had no problem with you walking up and down, drinking water, um, uh, walking up to the end, coming back to the front, leaving your Bible, coming back, preaching without notes, preaching with notes, preaching with stories, preaching with verses, preaching without verses, preaching with only stories, preaching with only Bible, and they were free. It was from that point that the church began to flourish. I'm talking about somebody who himself has been an orangu before. Bishop Dag. Yes. The church Lighthouse Chapel International began as Kolebu Christian Center. And Kolebu Christian Center was an offshoot from Calvary Road Incorporated, of which we were members. I don't care if I tell you only stories and I go because I want you to just be directed to the books. When the church began, was going to begin, we were part of Calvary Road. Actually, Bishop Dag introduced me to Calvary Road Incorporated, which was a singing group, evangelistic singing group, Calvary Road Incorporated, CRI, CRI for short. 
it was not a church at the time. And the leadership told us they are not a church and they are not interested in a church at the time. God has not called them to start a church and we cannot start a church. So, Bishop Dag, who started one on Legon campus, after that left it and went to medical school in Kolebu. And I became the general overseer of the Calvary Road on campus. After him. And then he began the Calvary Road on, on campus at the medical school. But in the process of time, he felt the call of God to be a pastor and to go church way. He changed the name of Calvary Road to Kolebu Christian Center, KCC, from K CRI to KCC. At that time, we had the drums of Calvary Road Incorporated. We annexed that one as well. In the process of time, he said the Lord told him that the way he began the church was wrong. It wasn't through any teaching. It wasn't through any, um, anybody pointing it out. Even the people had just said that we had taken over their whatever. And we said, look, all the converts are ours. We did dumb broadcast, person to person, door to door, spoke to them and brought them. They don't even know Calvary Road. And they didn't used to go to Calvary Road in town. Calvary Road will have meetings in town on Saturdays. And we never went. Top Orangus. I see, I'm talking about somebody who has walked that road, has come out of the road in repentance and, and recovery, and is writing about it. He's worth listening to. So a day came when he said to us that it's wrong what we did. We got to go back to the office of Calvary Road Incorporated and tell them that we started the church in the wrong way. And that whatever they want to do, they can come and do it. Because the church is now, we want to hand it over. So he went, told them, we, we went with Bishop Saki, told them, repent, we made a mistake. We, it was wrong for us to start the church by changing the name of Calvary Road. And take over the drums. Yes. And even if Calvary Road is not a church and has not intended to start a church, we have no business in changing the name. If we wanted to step out, the right thing was to just leave the Calvary Road, even if all the members are not there, just to leave it that, look, we are not, we are not, we are not taking over this Calvary Road, okay? God has led us to start a church and find another hall about two or three or four kilometers away from the spot so that the members will not be confused and leave the Calvary Road intact. But this we didn't do. At the time, through lack of knowledge, we felt the easiest way to go was to just change the name so we hit the ground running with the converts we had acquired. So we went to the office, told them all this. We are sorry. So whatever you want to do, do it now. And I'm talking about maybe two, one or two years have come and gone in the working of the church. So he tells them, now we want to 
correct everything. So if, if whatever you want to do in the correction, we are prepared for it. So, whatever sanctions. If you want to take the church, if you want to, everything to be handed over, including where we are now, we change the name back to Calvary, whatever you want to do. So the leaders, they started weeping. They also started weeping. Of course, if you go somewhere with Bishop Saki and weeping comes in, by all means, he will take the lead. <laughs> hey, if you tell him, I'll beat you, Bia. <laughs> and then Bishop said, he was after the weeping and everything. Now it was ten, it was ten, the turn for the leaders to now prescribe the sanctions and to mete out the judgment. So he, he was prepared for the worst and he thought something wild was going to happen. So he waited. Then they said, okay. Should I tell you what happened? Yes. So they said, okay this is what we are going to do we are going to come to the church and then we are going to preach in the church and after that you are free to continue wow wow so, when you sometimes, you hear Bishop prescribing that there are some church stealers. Some of us have stolen some churches to start what we have started. Yes, you stole the church, changed the name, even used a name that was quite close to the one you left so that the sheep will not be so confused for a long time. It's like if the church was called... Um, Global International Ministries. You have called yours Worldwide International Ministries. So, G has been replaced with W. So, G-I-C, uh, G-I-M is now W-I-M. Yes, WIM. I'm saying that he will say that it's wrong to take over somebody's church. And one time, we met a pastor like that. He had been transferred to be a branch pastor of a big denomination. And then he, he, he led an uprising and changed the name of this denomination and put a new name and kept the pulpit and rubbed off their logo and put a new one there and was preaching from the church, from the hall. And Bishop told him, it's wrong to do that. You have stolen somebody's church. I'm saying that this is somebody who has been spoken to by God and has been led to do same knowing that when you start a church you don't have to break down somebody's church to build your own and many ministries are suffering because your foundation is wrong for if the foundation be destroyed what can the righteous do Have you repented genuinely and genuinely gone back to someone to apologize to him and for him to give you whatever judgment he wants to give? Have you done that before? Bishop Dag has. 
Have you come out of a classroom and gone into a canteen and from there gone into a cathedral and built another cathedral in the same city, two headquarters, and handed over even your main headquarters and gone to be in a little room with little children and built it into another almost 5,000 seater congregation in less than five years. Huh? And built a large auditorium, ultra-modern, multifaceted, cosmopolitan, state-of-the-art. I am saying that Bishop Doug Heward Mills has done it. And he is worth reading and studying. Not when he dies, but when he's alive and has written. Because it's for your benefit. Your church shouldn't suffer anymore. Have you called your church international? And yet it doesn't cross Ghana, but you still call it international. But I'm talking about someone whose ministry has traversed the continents of our world and is impacting lives all over. As I speak, there are different nationalities. I'm talking about nationalities who have come from St. Lucia, uh, Barbados, South Africa, Zimbabwe, Guyana, Trinidad and Tobago, Botswana, Mozambique, Fiji, Papua New Guinea. You see, you see these names on the map. Or maybe World Cup, one of them will come to and play, then you hear the name. But we, we see those human beings here. They live here with us for years to be trained so that we can send them back because Bishop Daggerward Mills has churches in all these countries. He is worth reading. He is worth studying. And what he's saying is that what God has used him to do, he can use you to do. That is why his sons can organize a conference for us to attend and parade his books because his sons have used the wisdom God has given him and are building big churches. Yes. Of course, only pride would let somebody feel that, ah, what do you mean coming to teach us? Small, small boys. What are you mean? What do you mean? Who called you by mistake? Huh? When we have been in the ministry for some time, we are doing conference, you will not, we have not seen you at our conference before. And then you want to at, make a conference and call us to come and attend. What do you mean? Is it not only loyalty you are going to teach? And is it not only this type of books that the man has written that you are going to teach? Uh -uh. We don't need all these things you are going to tell. Small boy, you have, because you have got money, you are calling us. I'm not going anywhere. You sit down. One pastor, we recommended these books to him. Yeah, especially, those days, I think only this one had been written. Loyalty and disloyalty. He looked at the book, read a few pages. You see, and, and I realized that most people, they don't read. I don't know whether I'm, I'm, I'm not preaching right. I'm, I'm supposed to preach. I, I, I'm telling a story. I thought I should be preaching some points. 
the pastor, he saw the book, read a few, and many times when people get books, they don't really read them. They don't study them. They don't know what is inside. Neither do they know the practice of it. But he just will turn it on loyalty and disloyalty. It is not something you teach. Not something you do. You command it. This is something you command. Hey. Who is that writing a book? What book is that? It's not a book you teach. Loyalty, you command it by your lifestyle. Then one day, you see, because you can speak, that's why he says, There are among you shall arise men speaking perverse things. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, perverse things. I didn't give you the interpretation of that, but listen to this. It means people who, it means to distort or turn aside. Okay? It means to oppose or plot against the saving purposes and plans of God. There are men who rise up and plot against the saving purposes and the plans of God. Perverse, they'll be speaking perverse things. And by what they will say, people who should be saved, you see that they are not saved. <laughs> Paul met a man. He was called Elimas by Jesus. There was a governor Paul was preaching to so that the man can be born again. And Elimas by Jesus was trying to divert the, the, the governor's attention from the, from the way of truth. And Paul said, thou son of iniquity. And the Bible says he, he cursed him and the man a mist and a darkness covered his face. And he became blind. And he went outside looking for somebody to guide him. Don't become Elimas by Jesus. When his assistant pastor rose up against him, he had never seen some before. Because sometimes you haven't experienced something. So when somebody writes, uh, you, may, you may just look at the book or the cover or even the size and then just criticize it. And his assistant pastor turned against him. A car he bought for the guy, the, he said one day he was working on his company, he saw some set of keys. He said, what are these keys? Then the man said, they are car keys. His watchman said, they are car keys. It seems somebody parked a car outside and threw the key over the wall. When they went, it was a car he had bought his assistant. The man was so angry with him, he had come to park so much of a car. Take your car, park it in front of his house, and threw the key into the house. Hey, you say loyalty, they command, eh? Command it. You see, that's not every day you can command it. This pastor I'm talking about, I've never seen anybody do that. One day at his weekday service, he said, it is time to pray. They prayed. Worship. They worship. It's now time to preach. Now, today, I'm not the one preaching, but there is a man of God here who is going to preach. And uh, 
I want everybody to be attentive and to receive the word of God. He, 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 he put on, not video, audio tape for his church to listen on loyalty and disloyalty. Listen, oh, that bishop, that had preached in his friend's church. He went to find the tape and he brought it to his church and pressed play for it to play in the church. And the people were listening by audio, not video. I mean, who be that? We cry, we are the main proponents of loyalty and disloyalty. We don't, we have never played audio. I have not seen some before that in a church of a man of God. You even invite the man who has written the book. You take his tape and you play it for the church to hear because you can see that the commanding of the loyalty is not working. The teaching must work for you. And so for a few minutes, this book, Loyalty and Disloyalty, is what I'll be, I'll be sharing, from, sharing from. But you can see that there are different titles. Those who forget. It's a major, this particular book is the master key to being loyal. How can you develop loyalty in people? Teach them the key of remembrance or for, uh, uh, never to forget. When you do good to someone, train him to be a pastor. Appoint him to be a pastor. Ordain him to be a reverend. Show him how to preach and everything. He must always remember the rock from which he was hewn and the hole from which he was dug. This book will show you the cases that are associated with people who don't remember things. Can the reed grass shoot forth without mire? Can the papyrus grow without marsh? While it is yet in its greenness and not cut down, it withers before every plant. So is he that forgetteth his God or anyone whom God has sent into your life. You will see these type of verses here that will be explained. How you, you forget and God, you wither like a, a plant that has been plucked out. But even the reed grass, he says, it is yet in the greenness in the water, in the most conducive atmosphere. It hasn't been cut down, but it is withering before every plant because of forgetfulness. It's like you are in a good environment. Your church should flourish. It should grow. Anointing should flow. People should bring money. People should support you. But as if so, you, are, you are building your church in the Sahara Desert. You will, never, you will never work in the Sahara Desert ever in your life. This book teaches you the dangers of forgetfulness. People you should never forget. It's the master key. Oh, for all my days, how I, can I forget Bishop Doug ever in my life? And I'll mention his name, even if you're annoyed, I don't care. It is this reason that most of us don't have people mentioning our names because you don't want to use anybody as a reference point. Some of Bible students, you see them, they, be, they will come from their countries. They will come to be trained, appointed, sent forth, set up, loved. And sometimes with giving books, tapes, messages, MP3s, exposure, feeding, different things. After some years, you see that they say that this is a Ghana church. Can the reed grass grow without mire? Can the papyrus shoot forth without mire? Hey, 
While it is yet in its greenness and not cut down, it starts withering. In the midst of its good environment for it to flourish, it starts drying up. Hey, how can you dry up when you are in a place where church can work and your church is not working? Because a spirit, a different spirit is fighting your work. But God will deliver you from it. The book Remembrance will guide you. Those who pretend. Oh. In this you will find there are some dangerous people for ministry. One of them is the intimidators. Yes. Another is like, you know, Sambalat and Tobias who intimidated. You know, some pastors say, you don't have people who support you. You have people who intimidate you. As if you can't preach. You can preach. But what it is is that the faces of the people. This, this morning I'm going to talk about tithe because of that I can't preach about tithe. You are afraid. They've criticized you. You like money. Everyday tithe. Everyday money. Uh, you know, so for you, uh, yeah. what can scan you last week because because Mama Sisi, Auntie Aginso, on the Otiaba, sometimes you're on the tomb. And after you born, Oshen and Nimus, there are some people you don't pay tight. You pay small, you don't pay. This January you paid, February you didn't pay, March you paid, April you paid, May you didn't pay, June you didn't pay, July you didn't pay, August you didn't pay, September you paid, October you paid, November you didn't pay, December you didn't pay, January you didn't pay. After what better now have my name? I say, what can I hear anymore? Now I'm crawl for no because it's like she is the one you are talking about. She has left the church. Intimidators. You will see that you can't preach what you must preach. And you don't have money too. But the preaching that must be preached with the strength. Remember yesterday we said loyalty is important so that the accusers can be cast out of the church. When when they are cast out of the church, what happens? Strength comes. Salvation comes. The kingdom of our God comes. The power of his Christ comes. When you, are, you, you meet intimidators, that's what happens. You become no strength. You are weak. You can't preach strong on tithe. One day I was preaching about tithe in my church. I told some guy, I said, you, you, you didn't pay. Yes, I looked at his face. I said, yes. You should be paying tithe regularly, but you don't pay regularly. I, I checked the thing. I'm looking at you. Next, tomorrow, I am expecting you to come and fulfill your arrears. They are paying. Oh, direct. Ultimate, direct. direct. So you say you like proverbs. I'm giving you some. When we quote the verse, you don't like. I'm giving you proverbs. Beat the front of the church. The drum, that's when you hear 
dum 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 you are hitting the side. No, 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 no. Sometimes you have to look at the faces of the people and say, We are collecting offerings. We are starting from. Sometimes in my church, I start my offering from 200. Offering, normal offering, from 200. I say, I need money. It's not angels have appeared to me. Um, the spirit of God is moving me. There's nothing like that. It's not prophetic. Mihieska, midika, midi iron rosika, midi steel ka, midi ayika, monfes kamra, mwa na mubetia. Because I am not the one who is going to pay you. Ah, I look at your face. This morning we are starting our offering from two hundred. I need some people to give two hundred now. Come. I said 200. I'm not saying 20. 200. Come. Clap for him. He's coming. Clap for him. He's coming. Then, then one will come. Two will come. Three will come. Four will come. Next is 100. Why are you calling the amount? You need strength to call. Well, but when you have intimidators, especially elders and board members who are sitting in front and yet you want to control the pastor if you don't pray I don't know why you should contribute to the program you don't pray how can you be the one to control pastors? What we should preach? How long we should preach? What we should preach about? When we should preach it? And how we preach it? So for preacher, you are hurt or something. I'm not hurt. I'm, 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 I'm not mad. Ah, Jesus, was he hurt when he went to beat the people from the temple? Ah, my house shall be a house of prayer. And you won't pray there. You are doing business in the church. Ale! Intimidators, intimidating preaching. Another one in this book is familiarity. One more we are familiar. If you look in the life of Jesus, Mark chapter 6, you read from verse 1 2. The Bible says he, he went to his own country where he was brought up. Yes. Then he went there. He was preaching. He wanted to do miracles. When he preached, he did and he was going to say, ah, no miracles. Jesus, oh, this man of Galilee. Oh, you are oh. Hey. Oh. The one who walks on water. Hey. The one who can open blind eyes. He's in his own familiar territory where his brothers and sisters and other relatives are. He can't do miracles. Oh. The Bible says, because the people rose up and said, ah, is this not the carpenter? Guy now, Bobo Boy, and yeah, 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 yeah,
15. And no Messiah. When we are looking for, for proper men of God, then this guy too has come that he's a man of God. Sometimes those are the people. People who have seen you, they know you for a long time. You started with them. Even some of them, you were not a pastor. You and them fair were normal brothers in the church, and then you became a pastor. Boys, boys. Munina na moko agbemami odorize. Now they have made you the senior pastor. Ain't you? Oh, sorry. I'm not okay. Kemugu are so by heart. They are too familiar. Sometimes a wife is the reason why your church is not working. We're in a nimbia what this sea church in any out of familiarity. When your your wife your husband is preaching, you should be the top chief supporter. Not your kum kum when you say mununkum. Why your bosom sabosom? Why your tebosa abetia? Don't just shout. Do not just shout. Take what I'm saying seriously. Because I've seen people shouting like this. Screaming. Giving us various cat calls in the church. There are people who are the originators of some of the cat calls you come and meet. Mercy. Forgive. It's a message. Some of them you can't find them again. You can't find them again. Because when we are preaching, you don't listen and you sometimes you think that you are not the one. And me, where I stand, I always pray for myself when the messages are coming. I don't sit down with the mind. I've listened, I'm sure I've heard Bishop Doug more than a few of you. I've heard most of his stories. He would, we have, we've been friends for a very long time. So sometimes the stories, no, he will say one day, a certain brother, you know the certain brother, but me, you say, you understand a certain brother, but me, I know the brother by name. I know his location. I know where the thing occurred. I know the church he was part of. And I know where he is even today. And yet, I sit at the edge of my seat, being careful that I'm not eliminated because if Judas can work with Jesus as his financial controller and become Judas, that today nobody wants to name their child after him, then I better be careful. And I, although I've worked with Bishop Dark for more than 35 years, eh, by God's grace, I pray, I'm not familiar. Every day I listen to him. Every day he's in my ears. Every day. I, with admiration, not sometimes I'll be looking at him and tell him that, oh, God has given you something. God has given you something. You have something. God has given you something in your words. 
two Sundays ago, I was in his church in the evening. He had a revival service, revival at seven. When, I, when, the, service, when the service ended, and I was sitting privately with him, I, I looked at him in the corner of my eye. I said, God has blessed you. God has given you something. I was full of admiration and love and longing for what he carries. 35 years after. I don't know how long you've been around. And how long you've been, you've known maybe your pastor with whom you are serving. You are tired of his preaching. You are longing for him to invite a visitor. Because preach connected, Papa. And whilst he's preaching, you are preparing your own sermon because you can see verses and points that he should say that he's not saying. And a lot of people are in our churches like that, intimidating us and with such familiarity that the Bible says he could dare do no miracle, save he healed a few sick folk. And Papa Higgins says, with minor illnesses, people with minor illnesses, like headaches, this type of idea of APC and earthquake. those who pretend. How can you find such a book and bypass it or think you know it? No, you don't. Apply it to your members. And when you see the people who are intimidating you or who, who behave in a familiar way, you see them dozing off. That's why when you are in the meeting like this, you say, oh, don't sleep. If you are going to doze off, go, go to the back or go outside or don't come. So why did you come? If you spend all your days here and then of course it can be tiring but you have to force yourself that Obi can be permanent now. when you see people sleeping, it ministers to you that you are not anointed. Is that not so, Pastor? Hey, I want to preach a very powerful message about um, the resurrection. The resurrection. <laughs> then you hear, you see somebody, oh. So now, instead of preaching the resurrection of the dead, how it is it's an important doctrine of Christianity. You have to change it to resurrection. Resurrection. You are resurrecting from finances. Your, your business is dead. It is resurrecting today. Your marriage is dead. It is resurrecting. Ah, that's not what we are coming. But the yearning of the people has so intimidated you and has changed your message. And you have to be screaming. It's like, if you don't scream, then the more you scream, the more they do. Then you wonder that, why are they sleeping? Maybe I'm not anointed. Then you start singing a song. Let's, yeah, shall we close? No. They are quenching your power. Jesus' anointing was neutralized by familiar people. Where they were familiar, there he could do no miracles. So I should start preaching on one of them. So I am guiding you. Everything I'm doing here is an introduction to, a, to the books that can change your ministry from a classroom. So when one day he, he transferred me without instruments to a classroom, yes, so that I should raise funds and buy the instruments myself. 
for crisp sound. I was not afraid because I have seen this anointing grow out of a classroom, enter into a canteen, come out of the canteen into a, its own cathedral, and come out of the... No, it's not easy for any church which has a headquarters to, tra- to move the headquarters from one great location to another location. Bishop, that did it. There must be something this man carries that you and I must long for. There must be something. There must be something. There must be something he carries that you and I must, must, I mean, long for it. Because in spiritual matters, it is your longing, your hunger, and your thirst that will qualify you for whatever you need. Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. And the word righteousness is the state of one as he ought to be. Who The state of one, eh, when you are righteous, that you, the state of one as he ought to be. In a state that you are supposed to be. So whether it's the ministry or your holy life, that state as you ought to be. You, it needs hunger and thirst. You want to be a good preacher? You need hunger and thirst. And I recommend to you a hunger and thirst after the grace and the anointing that this man carries. Those who leave you. Has anybody left you before? You, you, you see that there are messages they minister to you. Once somebody leaves you, even if you're a good person, you start feeling bad. Even if it's a beloved boyfriend or uh, not even boyfriend, girlfriend, beloved, okay, fiance, okay, breakthrough, okay, vision. Okay, here we say beloved. Somebody you are intending to marry within the Christian context. If the person leaves you, 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 you feel that you are bad. You are not nice, especially if you're a woman. Maybe you are not so beautiful. I mean, why did he leave me? Why, why, or maybe there are witches in my family. They will minister to you different way. And, and and those who leave you, I mean, you won't believe it. The countless stories of people who left others in the Bible. Hey! Hey, 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 wonderful, hey! And I'm saying that even when you read the Bible, you wouldn't see the things in the Bible. But Bishop Dad has revealed them to us by the Spirit in the book. Some of you have the book Macarius, you bought it. You can't, you won't even unwrap the wrapper. Just say, you're to remove the wrapper and take the, the, books, the books and read them. It's like, ah, I dear come, I come, I say, hey, I drop book on my family and I'm a fancy in a sonar. Aha, hey, why now? Why, Robert? No, no, hey, first year, mommy, first year, my name on them, Fanchreha, Maso, first year, so. Uh-huh. Beautiful. You never read. You have gone to hospital. They've given you a prescription. You've gone to buy it. You've got the medicine. And you won't take it. What do you see your fridge so now? Just a button in your friend. Ube whoopee. 
This is my message. Those who are ignorant. But thankfully, through such conferences, some of the ignorance is leaving us. Because a lot of the sufferings is like the medical breakthrough came around the turn of the 20th century, 19 something, early, late 18 something to early 19 something. Before then, sicknesses, Charlie, plague, small infection, everybody dies. Then they discovered, I think, penicillin as something, an antibiotic that can quench certain viruses. Immediately, population explosion because the people who should die, they are not living because ignorance of the cure of the medicine problem had now been taken away. That's the junction at which your church grows. When ignorance leaves from that moment, you see that only now 25, 32, we now 43 are now Tonyom. You have tried to break 60. Very difficult. When you hit 60 now, to get to 75. Wow. Fasted, prayed, gardens, beach, Achimota Forest, Achia Mountains. Station 14. 50 persons chair. One city gate fee. And yet, growing lean every day. All because you don't know some things. We don't have lunch to discuss with some of these people who are intimidating you and who are so familiar that you can't even lay hands on the sick. Bishop Doug will give you the prescription in this book. Cast out the scorner and strife and contention shall cease. A bishop in Tanzania. He had about 600 members in his church. I don't know whether I'm doing, I'm doing the right thing. Am I doing the right thing? What I'm doing? Bishop in Tanzania. About 600 members. Our missionary was sent to Tanzania and met him in that state with about 600 members. With a lot of orangu, this type of grievous whoops. Hey! He'll have meetings with them in a hotel, lunch around a restaurant, big table. He will give them gifts. He will do the, hey, but every day he's like this, he's not like this. His leadership style, he's not like this. Oh. In that condition, he met a, a missionary. And a missionary, as he was describing his issues, the missionary said, ah, I have a, a medicine, this book. It's called Latin. It's Latin. My bishop has written it. Take it. Go and read it and see what you can do with it. The man read with the, within the first few pages. He said, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Ah, why? Where has this book been? Why didn't I see this book two years ago? Five years ago? Ah, first few pages, Bishop prescribed. These people, you don't have discussions with them. He says, he explains how he had the same person early in the ministry and he drove the man out with all the people who were also confused around him all of them left the church all 
were left with a few people and then the church started growing. Then the man said, ah, ah, me I've been giving tea. I've been giving restaurant lunch. I've been giving gifts and I'm still suffering. I'm going to sack. So he called, I think there were three pastors under him who were causing, said, take all the members in your area. Don't come again. You have my blessing. I won't curse you. You two, take all the members in your area. Take them. Start your own church. Go, 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 go. Don't come here again with all the people. Call another group. You two go. Finish. He was left with a handful of people. Then the pastor gave him mega church. When he read mega church, oh, he said, ah, by you, all these things are here. <laughs> you didn't tell me. Ah, <laughs> oh, you have all these treasures. You didn't show me. He said, oh, it's like, I don't know. Because sometimes, you see, we who are in this church know the treasure. But it's difficult sometimes to meet a pastor outside our denomination and give him a book and say, go and it's like, ah, but there are other schools of thought. So sometimes your faces, some of you pastors who have come to listen to us, some of your faces don't encourage us to even encourage you to be encouraged to read it for encouragement. So he said, oh, so you take this one. He went to read it. The man said, hey, he saw the seven prayers that must be prayed for church growth. He prayed it. He gathered his people from his sitting room. They prayed that prayer. Seven prayers. When I heard seven prayers, I said, hey, mega church, seven prayers. Ah, mega church, I've read the book cover to cover. I didn't know there were seven, seven, which seven prayers are those. Is it mega church or another book? I didn't tell them that I didn't know where it was. I said, bishop. I was even a reverend at that time. I said, reverend and a teacher of the things of the church. How can I say I don't know the things? So I went quietly to my room. Then I went to take my mega church. Then I was looking and said, ah, seven prayers, seven prayers. Which seven prayers the bishop said we should pray for church growth? Ah, then I, okay, how to start a church? Lay a foundation of prayer. And there are seven scriptures. I didn't know there were seven scriptures. Because they are not listed. It just says prayer one. So pray these prayers. That will be done. Uh, give us the nations. Uh, give us men like a flock and so on, enlarge our coast, this type of seven, so he had listed, I didn't know there were seven, I had not counted them, I just knew them, I didn't, I had never counted, I said, wow, his church grew from 600 minus three orangus to 8,000 in six years. That will be your story. That will be your portion. In the name of Jesus. And you know what that bishop often says? He says, the bishop often tells him that, I want to meet your bishop, Bishop Dag, before I see Jesus. I want to meet Bishop Dag before I see Jesus. His church grew so much, the whole, I think the, the government cried now against him. All kinds of, he became so powerful. He's now they are confused how to handle him in the, in the city. 600 members with Orangus. Look what has happened to him. And you are sitting there. You haven't crossed 120 before. When I took over my church, there were about 120 people. I armed myself with the mandate. And I said, my father crossed this Jordan. And this is the cloak 
that he used to cross the Jordan, I take that same cloak and I hit the Jordan and I crossed it. We also started. I said, we'll be 200. It was August 5th I went, 2012. I said, we'll cross 200 by December. August 12th, 198, 185, 192, 206, 208, 210, 220, 185, 182, 190, 205, average 200. I said, 300 by the next December. By June, we had hit 300. By December, we had hit 400. Because the same grace that is on this man of God can cause you to cross numerical barriers you have never broken before. That's why I came to tell you, you will break numerical barriers you have never broken. You will break them. How to grow sons and workers. Dangerous sons. Sons, those who are dangerous sons. If you are a son of someone, how you can correct your thinking and be a proper son. Like Moses. The Bible says that Moses was born. And because they saw that he was a proper child, they put him in a basket and put him on the river. But some people are dangerous sons. Now, anointings and graces that come upon us for ministry, they are not just things that you learn from Bible school. You cannot go to Bible school and, and hope to just be armed with a church of 1,000 because you've got a certificate. Demons don't respect certificates. Church growth does not respect an Akazo Bible and Ministry Training Center or Fuller Theological Seminary or uh, Trinity Theological Seminary or Rima Bible College. No, it does not. It's not. Or Haggai Institute. It, they don't. Hey, Tumuda. That's why there are people who didn't go to Bible school and they have huge churches. Even my own pastor, he didn't go to Bible school. His Bible school is self-tutored Bible school. And the catching of the graces that are on spiritual fathers. And Satan is, is using all kinds of schemes to turn fathers against children and children against fathers. So that a father who is graced with anointing cannot pass his anointing over to his son because that son has grown up to be a pain in his side. Some of you, the people who raised you up and brought you up and appointed you and trained you and set you up somewhere, you, don't, you can't talk to him. You can't, even when you hear his name, you, you start fitting. And when he hears your name, he starts cursing. Because of what you have done. Meanwhile, check the Bible and check even our surroundings. Every man of God is an offshoot of another. Bishop Dag will tell you how the grace that is on him came from Papa Hagen, whom he had taken as his father. And inheritance, it flows from fathers to children. And if you become a dangerous son, a hammock like Ham, who went to see his father's nakedness and, and made a public show of his father. Maybe if it was today, he would have put it on Facebook. Hey, my father has drunk. Uh, look at his bola bola. 
father cursed him to be a servant of servants. Why should you be cursed rather than be elevated with the grace that is upon your father? Father Hagen gave his mantle to Bishop Dad. You, you, you analyze Papa Higgins' ministry, his way of ministry, everything. Bishop Dag, what next? Where they post him. Having followed Papa Higgins of blessed memory, I've learned, he said, I read virtually all his books with love, admiration. And one day I took a journey to Tulsa. Dangerous sons. Absalom don't become kings. Dangerous sons. Hams can never become rulers and leaders who laugh at their fathers. Father makes a mistake or even he has not made a mistake but something you don't understand. Then you start putting it on Twitter, calling journalists and others to write about it. Put it on Facebook, Twitter and everything to laugh at your father. How can you be anointed? Because he has become old. Now when he preaches, maybe his voice shakes a bit. Hey, Papa, no, you'll be speaking in a derogatory manner. Don't you know that even if he's an old man and he cannot see, he can bless or curse you. He went to Tulsa. He said he was sitting at the back, like some of you are at the back there. He said something, he was saying, I was watching and listening to Papa Hagen. And my eyes were fixed on him. My eyes were fixed on him. And he said, something shot up from there and entered me here. And I heard a voice. From today, the mantle, has, the baton has been passed over to you. That's Papa Hagen. Hey, Papa, uh, uh, uh. And my father, Bishop Dad, give the same encounter. Having loved Papa Hagen for so long, listening to his tapes, often loving even the tongues he speaks. I was praying and kneeling. He said he was kneeling down and Papa Hagen was playing on the side. In, he was not in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He was in Suhum. And while he, Papa Hagen was speaking from the tape and he was kneeling down and praying, he fell asleep, he woke up, Papa Hagen was speaking he said at a point, something came out of the tape and entered him here. And he heard a voice. From today, you can teach. Wow. All these are people who loved the fathers God gave to them and followed them with unflinching love. Those who accuse you. So, Brothers and sisters, this is why I came. If I, but like John the Baptist, can guide you to what has been written on loyalty and disloyalty. Know your, uh, I said know your men. Dangerous sons, those who accuse you, those who are ignorant, those who pretend. Huh? Those who are dangerous sons. Read them. Find in the pages something to apply to the people who are peppering your life every day. And if the God that raised that Bishop Dag is still alive, I know that your reign and your throne will be established and firmed up 
and strengthen until you become what God has called you to be. May God bless you. May God help you. May God anoint you. May you become a true son of a father that God has given you. Tielo Bonke has finished Bible school. On his way home, he happened to be passaging around the area and chanced by George Jeffries' house. George Jeffries saw a sign on the house. George Jeffries, and it's not possible. This evangelist, great evangelist, whom I have read about and followed for all these years, hey, let me see whether it is the house. It was the house. The man was old, retired from Elim, with all kinds of confusion around his life and ministry. But there was a young German man walking through the streets of London and chanced upon the man's sign on the house. And he, he, he knocked on the house. The, the woman said, hey, my brother, you, don't, you cannot come. But the man shouted from within, let that young man come. I see a young man being brought in. I see a young minister being brought in. I see even an older minister being brought in and ushered in. And when he went, they started talking. He said, the, the, the conversation was so flowing that it obliterated the generational gap between himself and the man. Because he has studied so much, read so much, he has so much to say. At a point as they were talking, the man dragged him down onto the, his knees. And while they were on their knees, he prayed for him and laid hands on him. He said, the man prayed for you for about 30 minutes and released him to go. Two weeks after that, at, I don't need to, it's when he got home. The next day, his father told him that the man had died. He said, hey, it's not possible. I just came by his house. God just sent him through to see a father figure lay hands and impart. May the mantles on the fathers that are hanging in the air, may those mantles be released upon our lives, be released upon our churches, be released upon us, in the name of Jesus, let there be a transformation of your calling, of your ministry, of your preaching, of the church growth, of the shepherding anointing. May it come upon your life. May it come upon your life. Masata kayanda rababarabadahaya. Zikayandele bosaframanda lababarabada. In the mighty name of Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Somebody's ministry is receiving a turn around. Somebody's life is receiving a turn around. A new door is being opened unto a minister. A new door, a new opportunity, a new calling, a new anointing is coming upon your life. Father, we give you thanks and give you blessing. Oh, Lord Jesus. I, I, I need to go, but I cannot finish. I need to receive an offering tonight, this evening. I don't know who is ready to give an offering. Give me a basket. I just feel a grace in this house tonight. Somebody's mantle is changing. God is changing a mantle now. Take an offering. 50 Ghana, 20 Ghana, 100 Ghana. Bring it to the front. Bring it quickly. Somebody's mantle is changing. 50 Ghana, 100, 20. Whatever you can give within this range, let it come upon you. 
Father, we give you thanks. Eriya babara la baba sakataria, ruma sandara la masakaya, aye ya masandara mama. I need some more baskets, please. Listo pandiri mikari abadai, ye mama 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 sandara makapara la ma, rama kapandara la mas tendere bede, riabo kapandere bede bede ria. Hey Lord, let the mantles, let the mantles. Rama kapata deri anaralama, yendere le mosafaya. Rima kasandara lama katari andere meneri. Yelele le mosandara lama katari anda. Yeri abasandara lama katari andere mazidere le le. Ziyandere le mokatani ni mikabara lama mandaria. Yeri abamandara lama Maria. Yamehon sentreni. Maesimiye, nama mata fuehono, yamehon sentreni. Maesimiye, nama mata fuehono, ma wanani wehono. Sewerade abuamia cheche mire ma wanani wenu sewerade. If you have ten cities, five cities, two cities, one city, whatever you have, bring it to the front right now. Oh, ya me honsa chweni. Ma esimiye, ama mata fuehono, yamehon sentreni, makata yandere le mosaya. Ma esimiye, ama mata fuehono. Plant a seed in the atmosphere. Ma wonder ni wenono. Sewerade abuamia cheche mire ma wanani wangunu sewerade wabuamia cheche mire shame hon sechrene. Ama mata fuehono, ma wanani wenuno sewerade abuamia cheche mire. He's comforting you in the ministry. Shamehon sentreni. Makanarala mamaria, ye ya narala masakatari andere mene ama mata fuehono ma wan eni wenhono sewerade abuamia cheche mire ma wan eni wenhono.
Ina ni wadafopa. Yesu ni wadafopa. Oh, sewuti woma nonao ti wumua. Yesu ni wadafopa. Tina piti wawo. Wonso she imo Owa danfupia Odo wu sinobia Na wode muna Ubedi mkuni Yesu wada Opa Hina ni wadafu Hina ni wadafu God bless you. Yes, you knew what I